When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The NRL season is underway. Last Thursday night, it was thrilling stuff from Melbourne Storm to protect a record that Craig Bellamy, me. Well, he might take the whole way through his coaching career at Storm. Harry Grant from dummy half. Harry Grant takes oh. off. Harry Grant scores next to the post. And this brilliant, perfect record of Bellamy stays intact. Harry Grant, the match winner. Melbourne Storm have stolen it. 16 points to 12 at no stage of regular time with a Melbourne Storm in front. You go to extra time and Harry Grant goes bang. They just find a way. The Chief Executive of the Melbourne Storm is Justin Rodsky. Justin, great to have you back on the program. Uh, good to be with you, Jared. It's a good heart starter to have a, a golden point in round one. Uh, golden point's great when you win. <laughs> yeah, it, was, uh, it certainly was. It was a great game, actually, of rugby league across the, the full 80 minutes and then obviously the extra time to to score a try in uh, golden point time is, is something special. And obviously Harry Grant, uh, an incredible player and you know, we had our backs against the wall throughout the game. There were, there were periods of time with injuries and the players that we had off, HIAs being done. I was thinking, you know, even if we lose this game, I was extremely proud of, of the group and the players and what they'd, what they'd done throughout the game. But uh, to, to finish the game off the way they did and, and win in that style and then obviously protect that record that Craig's got since he started coaching at the Melbourne Storm, it was... Uh, it was an unbelievable night and a fantastic start to the season for the Melbourne Storm. feels unique in Australian sport that a coach would win the first round of 21 straight seasons. Was it something that, I guess in your heart, you're always hoping these streaks will continue and it's something that, that's to be jealously guarded? Exactly. I, I, I don't know how much emphasis he puts on it, but uh, it's certainly not something that the players necessarily or you know, internally it's spoken about, but obviously the media builds it up throughout the week each year. And Greg was saying that, you know, initially the reason why the, the Melbourne Storm was so prepared and ready for round one was because we had so many players playing Origin in the middle of the year and they, you know, they put such a big focus on ensuring that the team was ready to go and banking wins early in the season, knowing that we're going to be without players through that Origin period. But as things have changed over the years with more eligibility into Origin, the Storm's probably had less players uh, unavailable through that period playing Origin, so it's been less relevant. But uh, for whatever reason, the the, the records continued, and um, yeah, it was a great way to start the year for us. Just before I ask you the nitty gritty about the team, the, the big picture: Do you think the NRL steals a march on the AFL, getting a couple of rounds in clear air at this time of year? Oh, I'd like to think so. I mean, if you look at the numbers, fifteen percent up from a total viewership point of view. Um, crowds were up twenty percent on the weekend. You know, you've got the the media build up, the marketing build up. Uh, the preseason competition started earlier. There was points and prize money this year. So, you know, I think I think from an overall perspective, uh, I think that it certainly does. Um, you know, whether or not once we're into the season, it really has a big impact. I don't, I doubt it does, but. Uh, particularly for us, you know, this weekend we're playing obviously at Amy Park on Saturday night against the Bulldogs and 
uh, there's no AFL on, which is obviously a great thing for us to be able to attract, hopefully, some of those AFL fans to come and have a look at a Melbourne Storm game. Do you Are you able to measure that at certain moments as to who's there as a, a one-off, just to, to have a glance at the team and, and then what that can lead to in the future? We certainly uh, do as much as we can to deep dive into the data around the casual ticket purchases and um, our targets are pretty high for this weekend, particularly knowing that uh, we don't have any AFL on. So, yeah, we'll absolutely be segmenting to understand who's come and, um, yeah, from there, obviously, we can attribute that to to no AFL or not. It does matter, actually, when there's a big team too. So, um, drawing the Bulldogs, uh, not the biggest uh, rivalry from a... Storm Bulldogs perspective. So, um, you know, if you get one of the big Sydney teams, the Rabbitohs or Roosters or Broncos from Brisbane, um, that can certainly help as well. But uh, in saying that, we're certainly pretty hopeful of a, a big crowd on Saturday night. Your membership has been the envy of the NRL world. Is Where does it sit in the, in the formative stages of the year? Yeah, we're tracking well. Uh, we're sitting at uh, just under 24,000 at the moment, chasing down that 40,000 mark again this year. We obviously are coming off the back of the free membership campaign last year, um, thanking our members for sticking with us with us through the COVID period. So this was always going to be the big challenging year for us to bring all those members back and um, you know have them financially paying uh, members for, for 2023. And, um, yeah, we're really bullish on that and optimistic that we'll get there again this year and um, you know so for anyone who's out there who hasn't yet signed up I really do encourage you to do that and get involved with the Melbourne Storm this year and unlock your passion unlock your membership because uh, uh, as you would have seen on Thursday night uh, this team um, you know it never gives up and even when we've got injuries and it's backs against the wall and not all our stars are playing um, you know the team's going to give you incredible effort and um, you know great entertainment so hopefully we can get right back up there and hit that 40,000 mark again this year Jared. So that the character of the team which is so well admired in this town um, it was interesting to hear Craig in the aftermath talking about trying to restore some of what might have been lost in the in the latter mm-hmm. stages of last year how did you I, I was just interested how that occurred to you is that is that a reflection of conversations that you've heard? What did you think as, as he was giving us that insight? Yeah, I, I, it was. I felt that I knew that Craig was unhappy with our defence last year and he felt that the team had lost a little bit of its hard edge. And I know that over the pre-season, that was a really big focus. And uh, as you were seen on Thursday night, um, with our tackling, with our pressure, um, the way that the... The, the, the team probably played on the edge again a, a little bit more than perhaps we had in the last 12 months. And so I think what Craig was referencing there was the, the Melbourne Storm of old was, was, was on display on Thursday night. And, um, you know, that tough, uh, gritty, gutsy, hard-edge football was, was back. And, um, you know, that's been the hallmark of his coaching uh, since day one, defence, defence, defence. So... Um, you know, his, his philosophy has always been that defence wins premierships. And, uh, yeah, I think he was pretty proud of the fact that the team was um, so strong in that area on Thursday night. The combative nature of the sport. You, you do do graphic injuries, and Cam Munster's the most recent of that is. Uh, but I'll work back through it. But what, what's the final toll of the Munster injury post-surgery? Yeah, so he had it all cleaned up and uh, it was a compound fracture that went through his nail. So uh, in the end, he'll miss two to three weeks. Um, He was well and truly um, 
um, able to head back out onto the field post half time. Um, I think some of the the images that were seen through the papers this week actually weren't uh, accurate. And um, yeah, the doctors obviously assessed him and decided that he was well and truly able to go back on and without any risk of you know further injuring his finger. But it was a brave effort. Obviously, he's in a lot of pain. So. Uh, unfortunately, we'll be without him for the next couple of weeks, but he'll return shortly and, uh, yeah, he'll be back to his best very quickly. So was the implication being that he was actually risking his long-term well-being by going on and that wasn't yeah. the case? Yeah, correct. There, there seemed to be an insinuation that perhaps that was the case. Um, and I think it was actually used in the context of the HIA discussion around concussion and yep. whether or not you know, the independent doctor should be involved and then the club doctor and obviously the player itself. Clearly Cameron wasn't concussed. Um, the doctor, doctor obviously assessed the injury and that was decided that he was fit and healthy to, to return to play for the rest of that game. But we always knew that he'd require some surgery post-game to clean it all up and then obviously now we're going to protect it over the coming weeks and ensure that he's ready to go. Now, we haven't spoken for a little while. Just what is the long-term prognosis for Ryan Pappenhausen at the moment, Justin? From that, I mean, we talk about graphic injuries. I've never quite seen something mm. like the, the um, X-ray of his knee when that first happened. Yeah, so he's progressing well, uh, certainly at a slower pace than we would have liked. Uh, he, we sent him over to see Bill Knowles in, in Philadelphia in the US, which uh, a number of athletes across multiple codes have have been to see, um, from an NRL perspective, Tom Trebojevic and last year Latrell Mitchell. Uh, both went and saw him for hamstring injuries, but uh, obviously this is a very different case. Um, frustratingly, it, it took a little bit longer than he would have liked in terms of the swelling and the stability around the knee. Um, but the pleasing part is for us now is that uh, he started uh, running again on a, a machine and um, we'd like to think that he'll be back out training in terms of He's running in the next couple of weeks with a view to building back up towards a return sometime, you know, in the middle of the season, I think. But um, we're not putting a date on it because it's important that he just focuses on a week by week um, the improvements that he needs to make. And, um, you know, from a mental point of view as well, going away to America was fantastic for him just to reset. Um, it's pretty difficult for an athlete, particularly someone who's, um, of the quality of Ryan Pappenhausen to sit out and not just sit out from games, but sit out from partaking in you know, training and being involved in with the main group. So um, I think mentally he's in as good a place as he's been, and and physically he's now starting to see some of um, some of the rewards from the work that he did overseas. And um, you know we're really confident that he will get back sometime this year. We're just not putting a date on it yet. Yeah, I was. Uh, you've mostly answered that I was interested in how he was absorbing it is I imagine there would have been a degree of shock initially and then the uncertainty and the uh, it must be purgatory at times to to be in that position mm. and wonder and then I, the external is you know will, will he play this year is is how how has he um, absorbed all of that He's tried to play as much golf as possible. So he, got the, uh, he got the uh, clearance to play golf early on, which uh, I think helped him. But, uh, yeah, look, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, if you think about, you know, what they do as a professional athlete, you know, they, they want to play, they want to train, they want to be involved in the team environment. and It's pretty isolating when you're, when you're not able to do that. And, you know, you can imagine everyone that sees them, the first question they ask, uh, you know, how's it going and when are you back? And, you know, that would become quite tiring and, 
So I think uh, for him it's just been a, about sticking to the process, um, preparing himself from a mental point of view to make sure he's doing the rehab that he needs to do and, and focusing on uh, one of the big things that Bill Knowles said to him was, you know, it's not about just returning to play, it's about returning ready to perform. And, um, you know, that's been his big focus. And he's a diligent, um, you know, uh, really focused around making sure he does everything right in his preparation. So I'm, I'm really confident that uh, he'll get back and he'll be backfiring, hopefully, at the back end of this year for us. Returning ready to perform, it's a, it's a good mantra. Is... Yep. In in what's happened with the with the list is depth the challenge this year, Justin? So all injury is untimely, but is that is that your greatest challenge this year as to whether you've got the depth to cover the the week to week toll? I think it is. Yeah, like if you, I mean, we've been lucky to have uh, the growth of a, a player like Trent Luero, who's 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 um. You know, one of our middles, and um, we've also brought in from the Warriors, Ellie Katoa, um, who's been fantastic as well. And then you look at some players that we've brought in from from other clubs or mature age players that have come down into our system who are who are now thriving. You know, Josh King played 80 minutes through the middle on Thursday night, which is just an incredible effort. And Bonson Garlic, you know, he made his debut at 27. Uh, he's been playing reserve grade in Sydney for you know, the best part of the last decade and uh, comes down to Melbourne and gets his chance. So um, depth is important. We've got a number of injuries again this year and, and I know a lot of clubs do. Uh, it seems like we've got more than most at the moment. But uh, for us, it's going to be about, yeah, making sure that we've got our squad ready to go so that we can cover those injuries. And obviously with injuries, uh, there's opportunity for younger players coming through. Um, you know, hopefully uh, we can cover some of those bigger names. You know, obviously this week we're going to be missing Cameron Munster, David Coates is 50-50 on whether or not he's going to play. Um, yeah, and we've got a whole list of other players that are out injured at the moment. So um, we've just got to make sure that that next man up mentality, um, you know, players are there and ready to go. They know the system and um, that's what's made Melbourne Storm so successful over such a long period of time. But I don't think we're ever going to be more tested than we have been in the last couple of years and again this year. So that's definitely our biggest challenge. The big picture debate throughout the NRL this week looks to have been concussion. And I guess that collision of the the old world view against the new enlightened, necessary medical and legal position is do you feel like that's a grapple that's taking place in the in the NRL world right now? Yeah, it's definitely been played out in the media, isn't it? Uh, I think internally at clubs it's um, pardon the pun, no brainer. There's yep. you know, at the end of the day, um, it's a game of football. Um, a player's health and their well-being is absolute priority. Um, I know that there's been some commentary from some coaches around some decisions that have been made at certain points in time in games from the independent doctor. But I think in context and when you're in the environment, there's absolutely no way that a player would be put at risk by a club doctor, by a football manager or by a coach. Um, and that's certainly been our focus. But yeah, there's definitely a colliding, um, you know, of worlds in terms of you know the old versus what's happening now and uh, the contemporary view on you know where we sit in sport, particularly contact sport. But it for me, there's just it's 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 really clear. And if there's any, um, whether it's an independent doctor, or the club doctor, it doesn't matter. Um, if there's a player that's suspected of having any form of concussion, they need to be taken off and tested for it because we need to protect the players.
Is the independent doctor valuable, necessary, inevitable? What, what's what's your view on on that that progression? Yeah, look, I think it is just purely because they're able to monitor the game and watch the game for that specific purpose. Uh, you know, obviously we've got on the bench, there's a million different things going on. There's players running around. There's doctors that are attending to players for various different uh, injuries that are happening throughout a game. So to have a dedicated uh, independent doctor, I think is, is a good thing for the game. And I think that, you know, the clubs just need to embrace that and accept that. And uh, I think it should be a part of the game moving forward. Justin, it's good to catch up. So Saturday night, 7.35, Storm versus the Bulldogs at Amy Park, the first home game of the season. Good luck with it. And, uh, yeah, as, as for those Aussie Rules fans who, who want a little fix, it's, it, it is a great night at the footy over at the Storm. It absolutely is. Thanks, Jared. Yep, hope to see as many people as possible on Saturday night. Terrific. Justin Rodsky is the Chief Executive of the Melbourne Storm.